0: This episode of the Airline Weekly Lounge is sponsored by IATA Training. More than 1 million students have boosted their aviation careers with them. Visit www.iata.org slash training to discover how they can help your aviation career. That's IATA.org slash training.
1: The Delta machine keeps on cranking. It was another brilliant second quarter for what is, by most measures, the world's second biggest airline. Delta posted an 18% operating margin. Seth, was that what you expected, say, six months ago? Nope. Okay, that 18% margin is even better than last year's, 17% for the same quarter, and it keeps open the possibility that Delta could have its best year ever. Seth, you think that's going to happen?
0: Mm,
1: nope. Okay, they don't call him the loquacious Seth Kaplan for nothing. I'm Jason Cottrell, <laughs> Vice President of Airline Weekly, and that is uh, Seth Kaplan, Managing Partner of Airline Weekly. Yes. We're, we're, <laughs> we're going to start with Delta's billion-dollar quarter, and then it's all downhill from there, as we'll discuss the troubles at Norwegian and South African airways. But at least Air France got a boost from its pilots. It's all coming up on the Airline Weekly Lounge. We're going to discuss Delta's second quarter report, of course, but before I get to that, there's an even bigger story than Delta's 18% profit margin, and that is the Ann Coulter story. (laughs) Delta apparently switched her seat from aisle to window, and Miss Coulter had a tantrum on Twitter attacking Delta employees, her fellow passengers, and she even lashed out at immigrants who she said, take our jobs and our airline seats. (laughs) I kid you not. Now, all that's not real interesting, though it is amusing. Uh, the interesting part is that Delta tweeted back and laid into her a bit, which goes against the CEO playbook, which says, shall we say, never get involved in a excrement fight. (laughs) Seth, you're a media savvy guy was taking on Coulter good business.
0: I think it was in this case, you know, uh, and, and and to be clear, I mean, they, they didn't get personal with her in the way she got personal with, with their employees and their customers. In fact, what they said was uh, that they didn't appreciate the way she was uh, talking about their employees and customers. So I think, um, you, you know, when you're dealing with somebody who is, you know, although she has her followers, who is a, uh, a horrible person... Um, It's, it's, uh, yeah. I mean, they're, they're, they're going to, uh, probably please more people among people who spend money on airline tickets and especially among people who spend a lot of money on airline tickets, educated people who don't you know, go around saying the kinds of things that Eric Coulter says, uh, I I think they're probably going to make more people happy um, than not now. uh, You know, a separate thing is, well, even if you um, uh, disappoint a a meaningful percentage of of the population, you know, if those people are more angry at you than... Uh, you know, than are pleased that the people who, you know, you know, support it, well, then that's a problem. That's why companies don't tend to to, to do this sort of thing very often, um, you know, to, just more downside. But, you know, we've kind of seen this over the past years, uh, past year, rather, um, companies going at least a little bit out on a limb, uh, you know, in terms of saying, look, that's, you know, certain things are just uncalled for certain things, you know, sometimes uh, coming out of the White House, even, uh, you know, in a way that, um, that we might not have seen in the past um so so you know look i i think it's a calculation by delta which has um kind of positioned you know i don't know if they would say it this way but you know position itself as as somewhat of a, a of a progressive airline um you know in an industry where companies um have been out in front on certain issues um you know uh lgbt issues and so forth you know airlines have often been um actually some of the earlier companies to uh to, you know to 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 say the progressive thing um you know in this case them probably calculating that uh that yeah uh they'll get at least as much support uh as not and among her followers who might not be thrilled you know in the end these aren't uh you know by and large people who are paying premiums to fly airline who are going to pay more let's say to fly another airline or do something inconvenient to fly another airline uh, just because it wasn't the airline that uh that said that uh about uh ann coulter who uh i guess was fortunate to at least be reseated in the in the cabin because there are probably some you know kenneled animals uh be, below uh who, who behave better
1: <laughs> nice uh could they ban her from flying them well sure i mean airlines you know, ban people from from flying them, but
0: i you know this I, I can't imagine they would they would do that um you know i mean the idea is i, I think they're kind of just trying to deal with her as they would um uh, anybody else, right? I mean, you would hope that they wouldn't um, accept that kind of bullying from from anybody. And Delta, by the way, look, I mean, they they, um, uh, yeah, they they've they've, uh, and and all of the airline, you, you had that sort of following the whole Doctor Dow, you're dragging off the, the plane thing. You know, you, so, you, so you had this sort of anti airline um, uh, sentiment obviously out there. But then there have been. Um, situations, you know, where, where customers um you know went too far and um and airlines have, have you know, sort of felt the need to stand by their employees. I mean, look, even the United thing, I mean, the, the you know, they completely botched it with that Dr. Dow, but that their initial response had something to do with wanting to stand by their employees that they just didn't figure out that, you know, you can stand by your employees without without you know, condoning what happened. So anyway, um so I I I would kind of just like to think that if anybody had been in that same situation, that they'd probably uh handle kind of the same and say yeah you know sorry we switched your seat but that doesn't mean you have to uh, you know, say those things about employees and 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 other customers that you know, so they could legitimately say that to somebody else. Uh, uh and they probably wouldn't ban that other person from flying, just like a, you know, they're not going to ban Ann Calder from flying Delta. So, I, 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 you know, I, you know, some sometimes the simplest explanation is correct. And although of course they know who they're they're dealing with here, um, you could kind of just say, well, yeah, that's about how they should deal with anybody who who uh, who, who who does said in this case what what
1: what what she said all right moving on to second quarter results yes as i mentioned uh delta posted an 18 percent operating profit margin that was actually better than the same quarter the year before seth during the first quarter we had the sense that the u.s airline market overall was going to come off its highs is that still your view and what has changed since then
0: well, I'll I'll answer this question the same way uh, I I often answer questions when people ask me very big questions about the airline industry. I say I say to people, say, well, you tell me what's going to happen with fuel prices, and I'll tell you everything else. Uh, you know, the the implication being that you know nobody knows what's going to happen with fuel prices, and and that determines, um, that, that does determine uh, so much else, and and that's the um. Uh, that that is the the main thing um, that that has happened uh, in the first quarter. You had climbing fuel costs. Uh, now you had airlines finally feeling like they were getting their hands around the falling unit revenues. So that was good news. Um, but uh, you know, in the face of other costs rising, labor costs and so forth for U.S. airlines, I'm talking about. Uh, it, you know, it 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 looked doubtful. That the um you know that the positive unit revenue trends um would be enough to counteract the uh, the rising cost trends, including at that point uh, rising fuel costs alongside all the other fuel co- all, alongside all the other costs uh, that were even more certain to go up because of you know new labor agreements and everything that are that are you know kind of. Etched in stone. So what? So what has changed is that fuel costs um, uh, softened in in the uh, in in the second quarter, and uh, that, alongside uh, you know some 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 hopeful revenue trends, uh, you know, at, at least um, makes it makes it more likely that that airlines can have uh, can have a year this year. You can have a 2017 that's uh, um, that's not. Much worse, um, uh, than 2016 and 2015. Maybe with an outside shot of matching it, depending on what happens with fuel costs. But when I when you asked me in the intro, Jason, you know, do I think that they can top uh, 2016? I sort of glibly just uh, the one word answer, no. Um, you know, basically, uh, they, uh, you know, their their first quarter was worse. Let me pull up the numbers here. You know, so so they 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 gave um uh, in terms of their profit. Uh, let's see, their first quarter was like. Uh, like half a billion dollars worse uh, than the first quarter a year earlier. And um, the second quarter was... Pull it up here. Second quarter was ju- just about a $100 million uh better than the earlier second quarter. So, so, seriously, they only made up hundred million of the you know of the five hundred million or so that they had um, of ground that they had lost. So, um, so you'd have to have you know a lot more of this uh, very positive momentum, uh, which which would which would necessitate, uh, fuel costs remaining uh, rather low. Um, so you know, hard to say. You know, if, you, if you're saying do yes or no, um, well, so far you know they're still kind of in the hole. Compared to last year, um, but uh, but no, certainly if, if uh, fuel costs remain rather low, and especially if they go lower, uh, it, it would be very much possible for um, for Delta um, and other airlines to, uh, to to match what they did last year. One, one final note: Delta's fuel cost trends were actually more positive than what we'll see from other airlines as they report here, uh, because Delta had more wrong way hedges uh last year so um uh so you know delta kind of has more um more leverage to to really knock down its fuel costs this year in terms of what it actually ended up paying than do other airlines so that too because their fuel costs won't fall as much as delta's you know makes it hard to say at the harder to say that the industry is likely in 2017 to uh to match its 2015 and 16 profits
1: but just to be clear Delta's story wasn't only about falling fuel prices not only
0: about them at all, some some other very impressive trends. Now it was more about fuel uh, than anything else. I mean, uh, you know, their their fuel costs dropped sixteen percent. Um, you, you know, largely because of what I mentioned a minute ago, the, sort of the, the the wearing off of those um, of those wrong way hedges. Um, it was more about fuel than anything else. I mean, they they uh, uh, you know they paid like a quarter billion dollars less for fuel. Uh, and their profit for the uh, for the second quarter, as I mentioned uh, a moment ago, increased by like a hundred million dollars. Um, so, so that tells you right there that you know if you had held fuel costs uh, constant. Uh, they actually would have had a, a, a worse second quarter this year uh, than they had last year but you know having said that um, you know not only did they get their hands around uh, sort of the, the those falling revenues falling unit revenues um, but uh, they actually had some very um, impressive revenue momentum um, you know the revenues were up three uh, percent this year on roughly flat capacity a very very slight uh, capacity growth so you know unit revenues also up uh, close to three percent so you know not just just kind of a, a, a um, you know, not just in the black, um, but, uh, but some very uh, nice trends. And, you know, they continue doing what they can do on, on in terms of costs, you know, non-fuel costs that aren't labor costs, labor costs are rising, but um uh, using technology and so forth. Um, so uh, so yeah there's there's um, uh, there's there's a lot going right there um but it but at some point you know sort of the, the benefit of having the easy uh, comps because of those wrong way hedges uh, you know will mean that unless unless fuel prices you know spot fuel prices continue declining uh, in a meaningful way that, it, that you know the, that it would get tougher um to keep having the kind of improvement uh that they had in the in the second quarter but uh, yeah no make make the mistake that was that was an excellent quarter
1: back in april delta had a fairly major operational problem this would be on the second quarter books but obviously it didn't tarnish their quarter too badly no and, and that's
0: another reason why it was uh impressive you know that was they they said that cost them about 125 million dollars um so so you know you could say that it, uh that if you were to add that back in uh using the numbers they said a minute ago yeah they they would uh you know even if you held fuel constant they would have uh just about matched uh their result from uh from a year earlier um so yeah they recovered um you know it's it, uh uh, you know, on on one hand, it, it's it's uh, you know, if anything, a bigger risk for Delta when something like that happens than it is for other airlines because they kind of trade on their on their uh, reputation for reliability and and they 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 stumbled very badly. um on the other hand, they you know um uh, they enter something like that with 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 more goodwill than maybe some other airlines and customers that are you know uh, willing to forgive and and um uh, yeah, now it just just uh, to be able to have something like that happen. Uh, and and still have as good a quarter as they have is is uh this is to their credit.
1: And the Aero Mexico JV, that's already contributed contributing to Delta's profits? Yeah, uh, it launched in uh, I think May if if memory serves.
0: Um so uh so yeah, you know, it, it's 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 already in force um uh and uh and so that's just sort of, you know, real early days before they really get to um uh you know finish aligning everything in the way that uh that that they hope to I'm talking about the two airlines uh uh delta and Air Mexico yeah it's it, it, um uh they're they're they've speak glowingly of it uh, and and just because it's 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 a market so close to home you know trans-border market where they have uh, a lot of service uh, to now be cooperating with rather than competing against uh, what has been a you know, an alliance partner but not a joint venture partner for all these years uh, should should be um, should be very helpful and and um, you know it's a market where where uh, their competitors Delta's competitors aren't going to be able to replicate um, uh, you know, something like that. Uh, in the same way that United, if it, if it ever does manage to um, uh, launch a, a transporter joint venture with Air Canada, you know, there would be nothing um, uh, quite like that, that, uh, that Delta and, and American could
1: match. Speaking of JVs, should Delta be more excited about the long-awaited Korean Air JV or its relationship with China Eastern?
0: In the in the short and midterm, Korean Air. I mean, it's it's just the bigger deal. Korean Air uh, has more service to the U.S. than any other uh, Asian airline. Uh, it's it's a, it's a it has a huge presence. It flies to what, it's like ten or eleven cities in America. Just, just a lot of capacity, um, and uh, just a real opportunity for uh, for Delta to you know cooperate with them and be able to get people really to uh, to. Anywhere in, in Asia, um, uh, from any reasonably sized city in the U.S. Uh, with with uh, with one stop with a really good hub, uh, in in Seoul, um, you know, so so just by virtue of the fact that first of all it's a JV, whereas the relationship with China Eastern is not a JV, um, and just what they're able to do with Korean Air, um, it, it's a bigger deal right now. Now, of course, going forward, you know, the reason they're they're doing what they're doing with China Eastern, uh, the reason united is doing what it's doing with their china and americans doing what it's doing with china southern is that you know, everybody knows that that um that uh, uh you know china uh, to one degree or another even if the the pace of growth slows is is it's going to be a, a, a an increasingly important market uh over the decades um and so uh so you know they're very happy to to have what they have with china eastern um but if you had to pick the, between the two at the moment um you, you know it if, if they had to give up one and they're glad they don't have to, but, but I, I yeah, Korean air is very clearly what they've, what they've wanted for a very long time. Uh, and, uh, and, and that could, could by and large solve what has been um, probably the most problematic region of the world for Delta uh, for a long time. They, they've had so many different ideas about how to sort of solve their Asia dilemma ever since, you know, the, uh, the their hub in Tokyo, Narita, um, you know, became, the problematic, uh, all all kinds of different plans to try to solve it. Uh, you know, get involved with SkyMark in Japan during the bankruptcy. That didn't work. Um, you know, Alaska Airlines. We all know what happened with that um uh hey they tried to get japan airlines into sky team and into a joint venture with that american uh managed to, to uh prevent that from happening so so uh you know finally they have something that uh that 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 seems like a, a real solution and uh yeah i'm anxious to, to to watch it unfold
1: speaking of unfolding delta has a goal of maintaining a 16 percent margin for the next three years how attainable is that well,
0: I'll say it again. You tell me what's gonna happen with fuel prices and and, and I'll tell you the answer to that. Uh look, it it, it, it um I mean yeah, they hit sixteen percent last year. Uh, and you you know, we talked before. Can they match that? And I said, well, uh, you know, I mean, that won't be easy. I uh, wouldn't bet on it, but it's but it's possible. Um, uh, so so there you go. Uh, you know that that would that would take care of this year if they managed to at least. Uh, you know, last year was what sixteen point I think four percent. Yeah, if they managed to round to sixteen percent, well, that'd be one year, uh, doing it, and uh, and and so yeah, it, it, it and the thing about fuel prices. I mean, uh. The, you know, with some lag time, everything can be okay, even if fuel gets expensive, right? Because then, you know, if fuel gets very expensive, then you get the capacity cuts, which squeeze up uh, yields and, and and thus unit revenues, and um, you know, you just sort of have a higher cost, higher revenue uh, environment. But that takes time, and so if you when you have fuel prices trending up um, for a period of time, you tend to have margins uh, compressing, and that's basically what we saw in the first quarter, for example. Um, You know, it just takes time for for everything to catch up. So, you know, if over the next year or two fuel prices were sort of gradually rising, uh, it it could be tough to do until everything uh, everything settles. Uh, If if fuel prices stay where they are or even fall. Um. Then, then you, then sure. I, you know, they, 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 it's it's very attainable.
1: Delta wasn't the only airline to report earnings last week. But before we get to that, I want to thank our sponsor, IATA Training. Did you know that 36 million new aviation-related jobs will be needed in the next two decades? Offering over 350 aviation-related courses, IATA can help you take advantage of this huge opportunity and boost your career. And even better, if you register more than three months in advance, you can save 20% on course fees, terms and conditions apply. Visit iata.org training for details and start shaping your career in aviation. That's iata.org training. Norwegian reported a negative one percent margin for its second quarter but a slightly negative quarter in the airline industry isn't usually earth-shattering the problem here is that Norwegian posted a negative 19 percent margin in the first quarter so even if they broke even it was it still presents a big problem it does and 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 again you know and it's just another
0: bad trend I mean that that negative one percent, uh, is down from uh positive where was it? Positive eight percent a year earlier, uh, so you know, a nine point decline, um, from a year earlier, uh, which was a year when Norwegian, uh, you know, the, the, for, for the whole year they only put up. Uh, where was that? Uh, 5%, uh, 5% operating margin for the whole year. Uh, you yeah, know, Ryanair was 23%, for example, Wizz Air 17%, and so forth. So, you know, this is an airline that, um, that was, uh, well, if not barely, certainly not too far into the black to begin with last year when things were a lot better, uh, uh than they are now. Um, and, and, and look, that's, uh, that's with the benefit of, of rather cheap fuel. Um, just, just kind of hard when you're sort of looking at, you know, wh- okay, what's gonna, what's gonna help turn things around? Uh, not, not a lot of um, obvious uh, things on the horizon really here for them. Uh, it's, it's kind of the, the faster they expand, the more they go into you know transatlantic. Uh, the, the, the. Less money they 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 seem to earn and um and and you're kind of seeing I mean we've been writing about this for for uh, you know for years but you're you're starting to see more and more of like the, these kind of mainstream news stories um uh, I think it was Wall Street Journal had one in, in late last week uh, The Economist was maybe theirs was was a little less dire sounding but you know writing about what's going on there um and and so you know. People everywhere are are uh, are paying attention. I think starting to understand that growth, uh, of course, doesn't uh, doesn't equal profits. And in Norwegians' case, it, it it it's it's most certainly not equaling profits at this point.
1: It does sound really dire. Are they saying or doing anything that's encouraging?
0: Well, saying uh, yes, uh, they said forward bookings are uh, quote looking very good. Um, uh you know they, they they uh they say there's going to be an interline partnership with uh with either Ryanair or EasyJet i mean that'll help you know i guess but um but you know it's this is not an airline that doesn't have its own sources of feed for example so sure you know if you're at Gatwick um for example you'd like to be able to uh to exchange passengers with EasyJet uh why not uh, you know as long as you could do it in a, a cost effective way and and the rest of it but yeah it it uh You know, it's 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 hard to see that sort of turning everything um around, uh. It's it's uh their problems just seem more fundamental uh than 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 that, uh. And it sort of goes back to you know just the whole you know the whole model, which is tough to begin with, um low cost long haul, um and uh, and then an airline that. You know, I think there are more and less disciplined ways to 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 go about that. You know, I don't know that WestJet is necessarily doing all that well with their experiment, but they kind of dip their toes in the water with some cheap old 767s that, you know, were sort of variable capacity. If you if you if you want to park them when demand is, is low, you can do that without taking a huge ownership. Uh, cost penalty you know norwegians started with dreamliners um and uh you know probably got decent deals on them in in, in a wide body market that uh, at least in terms of their more recent units that they've taken that's uh that that, the signs of it softening and so forth but uh, you know those are still really expensive airplanes and uh yeah it, it it uh um you know they, they, they have a they have a lot to prove. Um, look, it's 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 great for consumers. Uh, so you know from that standpoint, um, in, in terms of just just you know people being able to travel and and tourism uh, uh, numbers and the rest of it, you know you you root for it to work. But uh, but but right now um, it's it's uh, it, it it's it's a little bit difficult for them to uh, it's a little difficult to see a way out if they keep growing at the kind of pace that they uh, that they seem to intend to grow. I and mean, dialing it back just a bit. We're still talking about like twenty five percent capacity growth, which that by the way, right there, along with the just sort of the inherent problems of, of low cost long haul flying and everything. Um, you know, there are airlines that grow really rapidly and manage to remain very profitable. Um, but we've seen it with with other airlines too. That when they're growing very rapidly, uh, especially in markets that take time to develop, which is often the case with with longer haul markets, um, you just kind of have a very big percentage of your network that, by definition, is immature. And sometimes an airline can can catch up by just sort of uh, slowing down the growth and letting markets grow into themselves. Uh, so so that too would be uh, would be one lever or, you know lever for them. But uh, uh, again, no no. Sign of them doing it at this point in any in any dramatic fashion.
1: We mentioned in the issue this week that uh, one of the many things that's ailing them is Norway's air passenger tax. It's only about nine euros per passenger, but explain why that's still a big deal, and why do governments seemingly refuse to understand that this is a big deal?
0: Well, it, it's and and again, look, it's it's a policy decision for governments. You know, it's it's it, you know, you could. I mean, governments need their revenue and they can decide what to tax and so forth. But, um, but, but, you know, anytime somebody says, um, like, oh, it's only this much, you know, air, airline demand is, is very sensitive to, to, to price. Um, and you know, when you raise the price of, of airline tickets, fewer people travel, um, and and that's just uh, that that's just a fact so so you know it's for them to decide you know for a country to decide look are we okay with you know having less tourism and and and, and all the rest of it and you know, if, if they conclude that yeah, hey, the revenue's got to come from somewhere, and that's a less bad option than wherever else it would come from, then you know that's that's their business. Um, but what they but they just need to do it, understanding that they are going to hurt demand for um, uh, for air travel uh, to the extent that that cost gets passed through to uh, um, to, to to customers. I mean, it, it, in economic terms, it might end up getting split between you know essentially between the airline and and, and the customers, but, you know, denting profits of the air line while you know so in the end the customers might end up paying four or five euros more because you know it's it's, it's it's impossible to just sort of pass it all through uh without you know reducing capacity or doing something else but you know one way or another uh yeah it it, it does impact demand you know ryanair said in the past that even you know even one euro, uh, you know, change in in uh, in uh, in airfares, you know, that they can see the difference um, in uh, in demand. When you're talking about, uh, especially of course, price sensitive travelers.
1: Moving from one troubled airline to another, we did a cover story this week on South African Airways, and we mentioned how Alitalia and Air, Air India and many others are surviving at the moment with the help of low fuel prices, etc. And it gave me an idea for an Airline 101 question, something we haven't done in a while. For new listeners, Airline 101 questions are where we look at the basics of the industry, and this one is indeed basic. Here goes. Why is it so hard to kill an airline? Well, the you know, in the case of the airlines that you all
0: that you mentioned, um, you know, all of them, uh, you said, you know, South African Airways, Alitalia, Air India, uh, uh those are all government-owned airlines. You know, so so there it's you know keeping them alive is 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 basically a policy decision um you know not an economic one you can always keep a company alive by throwing unlimited sums of 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 money at it um and that is what the government owners of 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 those airlines have have done um but uh you know it's not only government-owned airlines that have managed to to hang on longer than uh than than you might expect i mean Gosh, U.S. Airways. You know, before talking the old U.S. Airways before it was acquired by America West, uh, you know, went bankrupt twice um, and was very much rescued by uh, was a consortium basically of Airbus, uh, Air Canada, uh, Air Wisconsin. uh, You know, uh, all three of those stakeholders uh, in particular and others um, threw a lot of money at it. And that's because, and that was for their own strategic reasons. You know, U.S. Airways was, well, possibly Airbus's most important customer in the whole world. Didn't want to see it go out of business. Um, Air Canada, very important alliance uh, uh, partner in Canada, both both, both of them in the Star Alliance. Uh, Air Wisconsin, an important regional provider. That if you know, if U.S. Airways went away, Air Wisconsin might have gone away too, and so forth. And so you always have just all of these stakeholders, Air, airlines. Uh, you know, just just generate uh, so much wealth, um, uh, if not always for their own shareholders, uh, uh certainly the case of the, uh, the, those airlines that you mentioned, you know, cause they don't make any money at all. Um, then, uh, then yeah, then for all these other, uh, stakeholders. And so, um, uh, it's, it's, uh, you know, and they, they, they and they have a lot of assets, you know, you can always, uh, uh, you know, when you're in trouble, you can always, sell off an airplane uh, sell sell some slots at a slot constrained airport you know this could be worth you know 50 or hundred million dollars you know uh, so 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 there's so that too you can kind of there's always something to sell off and if you think of some of the airlines that kind of withered over time you, you know Pan Am uh, uh, Eastern uh, TWA TWA you know ended up being acquired by american but um you know in the case of all of them just sort of eventually shadows of their former selves uh now eastern and pan am did did finally shut down but they, they 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 were airlines that you might not have expected to last as long as they did but there was always something else to uh to sell off and and uh uh you know as the the saying goes burn the furniture to uh to warm the house yeah
1: <laughs> Okay, let's talk about the South African cover story uh, a moment. Um, That cover story, by the way, details, shall we say, the existential crisis South African Airways is facing. And we always talk about how very far out of the way South Africa is and how it's not real advantageous to the airline. Uh, One might think, though, that here's an airline that could really benefit from the new generation aircraft like the A350s or 787s. Would adding those planes make a difference for South African Airways?
0: Well, it would help, uh, you know, at least, I mean, to, speaking in basic terms, obviously airplanes cost money, and that's part of the problem is is is, is the situation they're, they're, they're in. Uh it would re- require all kinds of, you know, government guarantees and, and everything, um, you know, to, to, to be able to, to do that. Although, hey, in this environment... Um, you know it it's not only the very most credit worthy airlines in the world who can manage to uh, get their hands on aircraft uh either you know finance or, or lease them um but but yeah i mean yeah, look if if you look at um uh at other uh sort of geographically cha- challenged airlines uh, latam with you know very far southern hubs uh Qantas, uh air new zealand um you know these are all airlines that have ordered um one or both uh that, that are already flying one or both uh, of, of those uh those aircraft families that you mentioned the uh, 350s or 787s uh and 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 they they can be the 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 right planes you know because they have the range um and they don't have too many uh seats to fill especially you're know, talking like 787-8 uh you know depending on how you configure it it might be as few as you know 200 or so seats uh you know they they seem to be tailor-made uh for 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 markets like those although uh, to be clear south africans uh, problems go 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 well beyond just uh it's it's uh, fleet configuration
1: let me ask you the impossible question what do you think the future holds for our favorite south african flag carrier
0: well, again, uh, a lot of that's just just a, a political question more than more than anything else. Um, you know, if if uh, um, you know you, you would if they were if they were able to operate without, I mean, the problem is that you've got all this, this you know this help. I mean, the government keeps recapitalizing the airline, but then, um, but then it also, but then there's along with that, kind of like any quote unquote help, you know, then then there's strings attached, right? So they have to. Yeah, the, the, the routes they have to fly for political reasons and so forth. Um, so, you know, if they were really just sort of, um, uh, left to their own devices, you know, may, with, with a, with a bankruptcy type, uh, type proceeding, uh, where they could, uh, you know, l- very quickly lower their costs and restructure various agreements that they have, then, uh, then perhaps they, they could be okay. But, um, but yeah, it's tough when you have an airline that, to begin with, is in that bad of shape, and on top of that, isn't in the most um, advantageous position. It's different from Kenya Airways, which was in really bad shape, kind of turning itself around. Um, you know, Nairobi is is a better positioned hub, at least, uh, whereas in the case of South African, you know that that the, they 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 don't have that. Um, but it's it's. Uh, You know, it's a very important institution in South Africa. Partly, you know, precisely because the country is so so far out of the way, the country has always sort of felt like it's it's their only way to ensure a certain amount of uh, amount of air service. And then, yeah, it's just uh, really a value judgment of well, does that mean that it's worth um, uh, continuing to to pour money into the airline, or uh, do you? let it go away if that's what needs to happen and just sort of uh, be confident that look, there, there's enough demand there that other airlines will backfill the demand. And if you, know, if you have to sort of uh, basically contract with somebody to, to, to do some of the things that, that uh, the market forces um, don't support, you know, basically public service obligation type routes, um, then, you know, that might be a cheaper way to do it uh, than, um, uh, you know, then continuing to support the whole airline.
1: That cover story, by the way, offered a thorough explanation of that airline's difficult situation. Do check it out in this week's issue if you haven't already. Meanwhile, early this week, Air France pilots, who in the past have stormed the Bastille for much less, actually said yes to the airline's plan to create a low-cost unit that it's calling Boost for now. Is Air France management sipping champagne about now? Well, they probably are. I, th- I think the the question is whether whether they
0: should be. Um, it's you know here we are again, right? Another low cost um, unit of of a uh, high cost legacy airline, uh, and and the history isn't good uh, with with these things. And so the thing is that you know it's one thing if you you know in a vacuum. Hey, should you try it? Well, maybe. But when you have to use as much political capital as they used with their pilots uh to you know to get the right to launch boost well now you know I mean, I mean that's that's probably capital that they could have used for something else you know i mean it reminds, it's funny i mentioned a few minutes ago u.s airways it reminds me of of back when they um really went to the mat with their pilots to uh to get them to agree to uh metrojet uh back uh you know what was that late '90s? I guess the, that was that was going on, uh. And you know they finally got them to agree to it, and they got to launch Metrojet. And well, congratulations. Um, but uh, you know there there the were other priorities that they didn't get to. You know they could have they could have gotten the same con- same kinds of concessions from their pilots for let's say scope relief, for example, at a time when they really wanted more re- to be able to fly more regional jets. Uh, that they never really got to do. Um, but they decided to go for Metrojet, and in the end, it was you know they they use all that capital for something that uh, they shouldn't have wanted to start even if we were free. Um, so here's Air France, you know, kind of having done that, having having extracted uh you know concessions from their pilots for something that you know I don't know, uh you know whether whether or not it's 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 advisable, um, but everybody's doing it um you know that's what's going on in, in Europe especially right now obviously between Lufthansa's various efforts uh you know Eurowings and the uh sort of the lower cost Lufthansa branded flying under the Cityline brand and if, uh, obviously IAG with level and so forth it's it's what's being done uh and so now Air France is going to do this in addition by the way to you know they still have their Transavia uh, low-cost, short-haul unit that's going to keep flying. It's more of a point-to-point operation. This will actually uh, feed uh, the uh, uh hub.
1: Do you think they'll stick with the name Boost?
0: You know, the, the idea originally, uh, you know, as, as I understood it, um, as they presented it, was uh, that that was just sort of a working... Um, uh you know project name and then eventually they you know if they were to go forward with it they would they would go through the exercise of of, of branding you know of naming it um but uh so 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 you know we'll see i mean i guess it's you know it sounds sounds kind of like an airline unit name right so they they, they could decide to keep it um i by the way don't uh necessarily understand um well you know th- there's Another Seth. His name is Seth Miller. He he has a uh, a blog called The Wandering Airman, and he he wrote uh, early, shortly after the pilots said. Yesterday, um, he sort of said, well, um, if this thing is going to feed the hub, and if it's going to have all a lot of the same product attributes as Air France, uh, which is what Air France has indicated that you know sort of the same product quality and so forth, then 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 why call it something else? And I think that's a good question. I've sort of always wondered with these things. Um, The whole idea of spending all this money uh, and time creating a brand for passengers who, you know, the whole point is you think that all they care about is price and they need a low cost unit. Um, Then. I, I, I'm not, I, I, you know, if you could get your employees to just accept calling it the same thing as as uh, as the mainline thing, then then I'm not sure why why you know you would want to go through all that. So I'm talking even um, you know Air Canada Rouge, for example. Um, you know, if if the economy and in that case premium economy product are a lot like Air Canada mainline, then once you get the concessions from the employees, why not say to them, you know, hey, now we're about to go spend all this money coming up with this brand. Um, that's only going to confuse people because that's what ends up happening with these things. Why why don't we just split that money and get you know split the difference and we'll give you back some of what you just conceded to us? And you would think everybody would just be would just be happy. Um, and you know, I mentioned Lufthansa has that unit. It's it's um if it, it flies on this lower cost platform, but it's these A340-300s that are flown with sort of yeah like, you know cheaper. Pilots and and so it's just branded Lufthansa. Uh, Iberia has Iberia Express. That's a short haul unit, which really just kind of looks like Iberia. So it's just it's they got the lower cost, but they didn't go out and create this uh, separate brand. Um, You know, I I I, um, you know, as long as the product is going to be similar, you know, and you're not worried about uh, you know diluting uh, uh, your mainline brand, um, I, I. don't really understand why you uh, why you necessarily need a uh, a, a separate brand. Um, it's a long way of saying I don't, I don't know whether they're going to call it boost or not.
1: All right, on that uplifting note, we'll conclude episode <laughs> number seventy seven of the Airline Weekly Lounge. I got to say, yeah, this episode feels like it's just. One one airline after another behaving badly, you know, other started with Delta, which was probably we should have finished with Delta. Uh, at any rate, I uh, I do hope your visit has been a little informative, maybe even a little entertaining for Seth Kaplan. I'm Jason Cottrell. Thanks for spending some time with us. This episode of the Airline Weekly Lounge was sponsored by IATA Training. Visit www.iata.org training to discover more than 350 courses to help boost your career in aviation. That's Iata.org slash training. Seth, what is that by your briefcase there?
0: Huh? What are you talking about?
1: Is that an Ann Coulter book? Ha ha ha.